Hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another special guest episode of The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to be here with you today with Abigail Gazda. She is a clarity coach and the CEO and founder of Hearts Unleashed, a full-service personal and professional development company empowering you to live with freedom, power, and self-expression in every area of your life. She supports souls speaking up about their silent struggle, and she thrives the most in life while adventuring, writing, educating, laughing, and rollerblading. She loves herself some authentic connection, vulnerable conversation, and big dream dreaming. So of course she's a woman after my own heart, and of course this conversation was epic for really giving you the strategies and the ability and the tools and the metaphors, like the metaphors that Abigail dropped on this podcast, will reframe your subconscious mind about how you think about your own authenticity. So you can show up as your most unleashed, heart-open self. One of the things that I loved about this conversation with Abigail was the energy and lack of apology for who she is and what she brings to the table and how she brings it forth in others and her skill set. One of the questions I ask many of my clients is how can you own more of all of you, own those mistakes? As you know, ownership is one of my primary values. It is the primary core value of crown yourself. And owning a life lived from the heart, from the core, from the truth of who you are instead of from the plagiarized programming of others. It takes courage and it takes guts. And that's why I wanted to bring Abigail onto this show because her courage and her guts to be able to fully not only do that for herself, but also to be able to unlock that in others is masterful. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it and having this amazing, vulnerable, deep conversation that is heart-opening. And with that being said, I give you Abigail Gazda. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to be here with you with another heart-centered, mission-minded queen, Abigail Gazda, clarity coach and CEO of Hearts Unleashed, and she is about to unleash her heart with us, and I am so excited. Abigail, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So I have to ask, what is the inspiration behind the name specifically of your business? I appreciate that question. I don't know that I've ever been asked that. And um, that name fell out of my mouth. 
I've been a coach for five years and somewhere in the middle around year two or three, I did a lot of the landmark work and I was standing in a hundred person seminar and they asked, who are you the possibility of? What are you the possibility of in the world? And I said, around me, people, I am the possibility of hearts being unleashed. I said, people have permission to be themselves. I am a reflection, a mirror of their greatness so they, they can truly accept who they are. And, and I didn't know it then. But then as I, you know, that my, my life, my business continued. And when I did decide to incorporate it, it was just so obvious. And, and so I really ran with that and I built my whole business and my podcast around that too. Yeah. And I was blessed to be a guest on Abigail's podcast. So you must check out Hearts Unleashed yes. for unleashing more hearts. I love the, I love the story behind the name, because my name was very similar with crown yourself. It was just, it, it wasn't at a landmark. It was on my honeymoon, which was kind of a landmark moment, um, <laughs> a landmark six weeks in, in the history of my life. But it, it just fell out of me while talking with, to my husband. And I was like, crown yourself. He's like, what's that? I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but that's what it is. And so how has unleashing people's hearts been the guide? And how do you, how do you do that? How do you unleash people's hearts? Great question. Oh my God. I, okay. I just can already tell like how much, how much fun this is going to be. But the first step is unleashing my own, right? Like every, this business constantly stretches me and that whether that's putting myself out there and being able to share what coaching is right. And, and, and all of that is like living my truth. And so a lot of that came from shedding, shedding who I know I'm not. And that's what a lot of my first year of coaching was, which was a lot less coaching and a lot more becoming a coach, right? Like learning and, and, and building that repertoire of, you know, skills and exercises and questions and learning how to read beyond what someone's saying or listen beyond what someone's saying. So it's being able to unleash my own heart first and unleashing others. Like, how do you do that? you help them clear who they're not. We, I like to use the visual of like, this is who we are. This is who we've always been, right? And then here's birth and then adolescence or infancy and adolescence and, and middle school and high school and relationships and jobs and friends and, and parents and all of these things. And we get just piled down there. And so most of the first work I actually call, there's two types of coaching I do, which is restorative coaching and then transformational coaching. And so the restorative coaching is peeling some of those layers back. I like to call those layers the wet blankets, right? Because most of us are just walking through life pretty jaded. And so that's a big aspect of who we don't know we are. Like we have that inkling about who we are. And that's what pulls people into the coaching conversation is like, there's more, there's more to life, there's more to me and all of that. And so we start to look at who might you be? And I love that because the stripping of the plagiarized programming of all of the shoulds and supposed tos and the have tos and how did your journey evolve? Like what were the big stripping moments that you had to restore your, your true self? Like what was that journey like as an entrepreneur? Yeah, great question. And it, it actually, um, that stripping, I think we all have these awakening moments. And 
for me, something that stripped an identity before I was ready was tearing my ACL in college basketball. That it stripped my identity, but I couldn't quit the identity. So I kept healing, kept trying to get back to the game for three years. I did. I graduated out of basketball. I didn't ever quit basketball because I was raised not being a quitter. And so I damaged myself. I damaged my knee, you know, all of that. So there was a time that it, there was an invitation that I wasn't ready to receive. And then um, divorce happened. So I married my college sweetheart. And, and that, like, after six years of being together, after six months, he's like, I made a mistake. I, I don't want to be married. That stripped it, overnight, that stripped wife, that stripped achiever, that stripped, you know, ideal, what I thought I, the direction and trajectory my life was going. And so I was like lost there. And so as an entrepreneur, how did that develop, right? Like, is that forced me into questioning everything? Like, if I'm not that, who am I? And so that really shifted into I, what I witnessed was I was collecting a lot of physical things to remind myself of who I am. And I needed memorabilia. I needed certificates. I needed, I call them tchotchkes. We got, uh, I'm Slovak. We call them tchotchkes. All the little things around your life, like, like a lot of these, right? To say, this is who I am. Look what I've acquired. But at the core of who we are, when everything goes away, who are we? And, and I had to go inward first to be able to come back out. And so that's been quite a process, especially as an entrepreneur, to say this is who I am and believe it, knowing that everything in your life can go away in a moment. You have to remember at the core of you, like who is you, who are you as an energetic being and what do you bring? Oh, so powerful. Like my husband and I joke when we moved to Australia, like we packed for three weeks and we've now been here for 10 months. And so all like we look back at all the stuff that we still have at my house back in Burbank and it's just like there's no attachment to it anymore because that's not what matters. And even in the relationships that we're in, like that the attachments that we can that we can have with identity to our relationships and who that makes us become sometimes mm-hmm. that can be codependent sometimes that can be you know toning parts of us down which i certainly had in my in my first marriage as well mm-hmm. where the divorce really stripped me of like old identities of who i thought i was i thought i was a perfect person of course <laughs> and having that like failure was yeah. such a powerful lesson, but also seeing what the power is in alignment. So as you as you've learned to tap more into really unleashing your heart, how has alignment played into that? And what have you had to say no to that's not aligned? Yeah, such a good question. And and I have actually like the it's one of the loudest messages of my business currently is alignment, is integrity, alignment, and faith. And um, it's what my whole third book is written about, which is being able to, you know, in, I want to introduce the concept of integrity first, because when we aren't taking care of our physical realm, our physical world, it's so easy to get out of alignment, right? Because we're just putting out fires or we're just like, 
our internal and external space is crowded with, again, stuff that we're not or stuff that doesn't serve us or distracts us. And so then we, there's no way we can be in alignment because when you, when you ask about alignment, my response wanted to be around purpose, right? About what we came here to do, who we came here to be. And oddly enough, like my life purpose is adventure. And it's so fun because it has nothing to do with solving the world's problems. Like we get mistaken about our purpose and what that might mean, right? About that we think that our purpose means we fill a purpose like a machine would or like we solve a problem. Mm -hmm. But us being alive and well and thriving does serve a purpose. It inspires others. It creates room. It, it sets an example, right? And so for me, filling out my purpose of adventure to make every day and everything and every conversation an adventure, let's see where this goes, right? Like dance in this. And it's just so much fun because to me, I liked, and I, especially for your listeners is whatever our commitment, maybe a goal and objective is okay, but whatever our intention is, we might check in with ourselves: is this choice I'm about to make in alignment with where I'm headed, right? So I'm always checking, is this in alignment with my commitments? Is this in alignment with my purpose? Because we want to consider all of the components, all of the circumstances, and we want to reason and logic and justify. And that's not where our truest, most aligned answer or um, conclusion will come from. And so that would be my roundabout answer about alignment. <laughs> I love that though. I mean, my favorite thing is that a, a purpose is not something that you fill. And so often we're looking externally for these things, whether to validate our purpose or to fill it. And there's nothing that can externally. And just that that metaphor of seeing, uh, if, if, you, if you're watching the video of this, seeing you pour in, like pouring out your purpose into this external thing when really your purpose lives in you. Like my purpose mm -hmm. is transformation. So it's, it's, yes. it's allowing for every conversation every morning to transform me into what it is that I'm, I'm becoming and to transform my own story. Like you got to transform your own story before you can help transform other people's. <laughs> Amen. Got to leash your own heart before you can unleash others. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what I want to look at integrity a little bit, because that's such a powerful word when it comes to in being in integrity, what, what specifically does that mean to be in integrity with yourself, being in integrity with your commitments, being integrity with, with your purpose and, and how do you do those check-ins? Yeah, yeah. Um, give you, the listeners, three different perspectives on integrity to check in, right? It's all about, integrity is about checking in. And usually if something is an integrity, it's in working order, right? So the first perspective of integrity is being your word. You give a word, you fulfill it, okay? So to be out of integrity means to not fulfill that word or to take it back or do something opposite of it. My definition of integrity that I share in my book, Alchemizing Judgment, is doing what there is to do, when you know to do it, the way you know it is meant to be done. We always try to take shortcuts or we 
know what there is to do, but we're not up to it. We hide, withhold, avoid, whatever. So to just be in integrity means to do what you know to do, when you know to do it, the way you know it's meant to be done. No one can tell you that. You know that within. So to fulfill on that is integrity, right? And then um, I love a definition I've heard of before from my coach training program, which was your integrity equals your thoughts, words, and, and actions being in alignment. So thoughts, words, and actions in alignment is integrity, right? Now, a great example tangibly is our, our car. I love using the integrity of a car, okay? You buy a brand new car, it is in integrity. It is in working order, right? As you drive it, the wheels get worn down. The nature of wheels is they get worn down. So they, by living, by functioning, they go out of integrity. And we have to change the wheels every four years or two years. I don't know what the number is because I don't know what I'm supposed to. Is that I just sold my car. So me? I'm like, I haven't driven in since March, but I love car yeah. metaphors. Yeah. And so the wheels go out of integrity by way of being wheels. I want to say this because as being humans, we get out of integrity, period. Don't make that bad. Don't make that wrong. Don't judge it. It happens. But our job is to get back in integrity, right? So if you notice that your thoughts, words, and actions are out of alignment, get them back together, wrap get it going. Right. And so I just think it's so important because mostly what happens is we're not in integrity. We're like literally never because we have something left over on the to-do list or we have a bill to pay or someone to follow up with. It's very, very natural. But if we just make it so matter of fact, as this is what there is to do, as opposed to, I'm such a, can I cuss? I'm such a piece of shit, right? Like I'm, I'm oh, so yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm so this, I'm so that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But there's just this negative dialogue that comes with integrity as it's not, we're not talking about ethics and morals. We're talking about functioning. And so is it functioning mm. or is it not? Is this relationship functioning or is it not? Is your business functioning or is it not? Let's get it functioning. Oh my gosh. I like my heart is cheering because I've never heard the definition of integrity being functioning. Like so many people beat themselves up, especially, you know, high achievers, <laughs> uh, as high achievers beat themselves up about not hitting those certain things that they say they're going to do by when they say they're going to do it. But also sometimes that is, is that really the right time to be doing it? Like, is yeah. that, is that real? Like, there's one thing for me that I had to look at was I've, I've said for years, I've been writing this book and mm -hmm. it just was not working. And like, it's mostly written, but something just always just kind of, it was like, it was like trying to do a dance and the partner and like, you know, the dance moves, but you were taught a different style. And so you're trying to do this dance according to the style that you knew. And for me, what was out of integrity was the title. And like, we just recently went through a podcast rebranding. What was out of integrity was the branding. The branding was all my old photos from way back when my business was making no money. Like, yeah. Yeah. And when, and that, 
that shift in integrity shifted the game and it shifted the energy around it. So things started speeding up, speeding up a lot faster and opportunities flow in a lot faster when you're in that space of having the proper tires on and just you find out what tire it is that you need to replace or what maybe it's all four. Maybe one of them just has a flat. So when was it that you really kind of stepped into your power that you felt that you were I don't know if we ever fully unleash if it's if life is always kind of a stripping away of like getting that readjustment back into alignment. But when did you find that moment, that time, that space where you were just like, I know what it feels like to be in integrity, to be living with my heart unleashed. What was that like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's definitely an evolution of power, but there was also that click point that you're talking about. And I remember I was probably, you know, I've, like I said, I've been doing what I've been doing for five years. And it was probably around year three, year two and a half or three, I was working with a coach and she's, she's a powerful woman. And, and I had already published two books. Uh, I published my own book. I had ghostwritten three books. So like, I know I'm this great author. I know I'm very skilled at what I do. I'm, I'm already coaching people. I already have my podcast, like all these different things are in place. And on the outside, anybody could say like, wow, you got it going on. But there was still a part of me that was like, I had a certain relationship with power where shining too much turns people away. And so I didn't want to, you know, risk that per se. I didn't want to be too confident or there was just something where like I was all, there's that, that piece Mm -hmm. and also wanting to be seen. So this is important for so many people because we need external validation, right? So a good example for me now and all the time is the goal of being a New York times bestseller. That would be like, she's got it right. Like she's like, okay, she's an author now. Like, no, I've been an author for three years. And so it was like, I got quite uh, reamed. I would say by this coach is like, knock it off. You are great. You are good. You are powerful and F anything that says otherwise. And it's not cute to be acting like, let's say, you know, humble. We, we have the confusion that the opposite of humble is arrogant and that is just not mm-hmm. true, right? And so that's, that's, it doesn't work like a sliding scale. So to be willing to be- So what is the opposite of humble? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> well, actually what I would say is like, like the, uh, <laughs> I would call it powerful truly because power is different than like strength, right? So if we go humble, mm-hmm. meek, gracious, right? then we might shift up and upwards into like, okay, there's, there's definitely arrogant on there. And for females, it's like bitchy or bossy, right. Is on that scale. But beyond that, we, then we move into like that mature power. You can still be like, have like a, that sense of humility or like, it's not boastful. It's just like, I have a gift. I am gifted. And here it is, right. Like to know thyself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like centered, grounded, again, aligned, powerful. And then I would say the opposite is empowering to truly you living, just living and breathing and knowing yourself is empowering to others because it hands off like permission. Mm -hmm. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with that. Yes. And so you're in the thick of it with your coach and seeing 
that you're skilled. So when that clicked for you, what clouds parted? Yes. I know you're going to love this answer for just like based on what we talked about in our interview too, is like my divine feminine. So like I had been trying to succeed from a masculine approach, a a masculine business approach, and that was not authentic. And so the need for validation is, is like, not, I don't want to say it's masculine because the divine masculine doesn't need that either. It's that wounded energy, right? Like that, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, or it's not safe, or, you know, you sh- I've been told not to, you know, whatever. All of that is wounded. And so what happened was like, I knew I wasn't wounded anymore. Like I knew I'm good. I was clear about that, but I wasn't willing to be out there. So what actually the clouds that parted was this like feminine journey. And so I started to dress up different. I started to like explore my sexuality, my, um, my new loving nudity, like my loving my body and accepting who I am as this vessel to deliver divine intelligence. Right. And that being okay, that being allowed. And then the more that I did that, the more I like, and there was those illusion, the illusion fear, the um, making up that the, the judgment that would come my way if I was, if I dare be so powerful or if I dare shine so bright and it would, couldn't, I couldn't have been more wrong. The more I was willing to shine, the more it, just like the sun, like people turn to the sun to warm up, right? We don't like, right. It's a vampire's mind, but like, that's not my plan. <laughs> So, and so anybody who like looks to the sun to warm up, to get that vitamin D to source themselves. I treated myself that way. I'm allowed to shine. And those who need to source themselves will turn to me and it just like permission granted. And it was just off to the races from there. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I'm so excited. I see New York times bestseller in your future. A hundred percent. Yeah, right. A hundred percent. Mark my words. A hundred percent from your mouth to the universe's ears. It's, it is what it, it, it is what it is. It, it just is. Yeah, so it is. The beautiful thing that I love about your journey is just this constant unlocking that happened, this mm-hmm. constant unleashing. So what is the difference between living a heart-centered life and a logic centered life. Cause I know we have a lot of listeners who like their logic and their reason and their science. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with science. I love a good research and I love some science. Give yes. me, give me a neuroscience book any day. Yes. At the same time, how do we do the dance? How do we balance between the brains in essence? Yes. yes. Great question. Great question about the different brains too, right? Cause we have one in our gut. We've got one in our mm-hmm. heart center. We've got one up here. And so I want to um, give a visual for this and, and the thought, so let's go logic, right? We have all these thought streams, but the thought streams are not the source. The feeling is the source of the thoughts. The thoughts are not the source of the feeling. So I like to use the visual of standing in a river. If your feet are planted in, let's say the river of grief, the feeling of grief, if your heart is in the feeling of grief, the thoughts, the water that flows, the stream that flows are all grieving thoughts. I am, 
I miss so-and-so, I am sad, I lost this, you know, so that, and to expect a happy thought in that river, you'll find yourself disappointed because that's not what's in that river. So if you want to change your thoughts, you have to get out of the emotion. You have to step out of that river on, and let's call land neutral, right? So we step out of that river and let's say we go over into the gratitude river. What's flowing there is gratitude. I'm so grateful. This is life. So miraculous. This is fascinating. Oh my God, look at how blessed I am. And those thoughts are going to flow. Right. So it's, I like to say, like, when we have these incessant thoughts, it's like, how am I feeling? Oh, no wonder. Right. Because when I'm feeling happy, like if I'm walking around feeling happy, my thoughts match that obviously. Mm -hmm. Right. But then let's say something kind of strikes. We might have like a negative thought that negative thought will trigger a negative feeling and we just switched streams, Mm -hmm. right? There's that sense, like what I'd love to offer to people, because a lot of people want to know like how we want to just, we just want to like think our negative thought away and like it doesn't work that way. And so we have to ask ourselves, like, why would this feeling be asking for attention? Right? Like it just Mm -hmm. like wants to come through. And so I like to say like, if that feeling got triggered, what am I, what am I ignoring? What do I need right now? That's a great place to go is like, what are my needs? If I feel sad, it's probably because I could, I need to cry. I need to visit something that I'm avoiding, right? Like I need to have Mm -hmm. a tough conversation. So there's, it's what's the, what's the need. And that will uh, help to root out the emotion, which will obviously impact the thought stream. That was a really full answer. I hope that. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love. I love. I love the metaphor of the different streams. I, I find that basically the the metaphor that like a feeling is like a package, and so often we want to try to think ourselves out of signing for that package. Oh, I'll sign for it another day. Oh, let me just. Maybe, maybe if I keep the door closed and the delivery man won't be showing up at my door. No, the delivery man is there. He's got your package full of feeling. And, but it's not the inside. The package is not feeling. It is values. It is something that you value. It is lessons. It is the needs. It's something that's being unmet for you. And so often, especially with the negative ones, it's either, it's sometimes it's a value that is being judged or that you're not, that you're not really a lot that you're stomping on or that you're allowing to be stomped on. And that package is like, maybe it's a package of delivering the the feeling of anger is really just delivering you boundaries. Yes. So good. And I would love to offer to people because like hate is such a strong one, Mm -hmm. but when you said values and it's like what people love can it will activate hate, but the opposite mm-hmm. of love is love. Like it's always, cause we hate something because we love something so much, right? Like I remember hating, like sometimes the way that my parents would be because I love them so much that I never wanted to see them suffer. Right. So my mm-hmm. value system, like you mentioned, lied in lies in my, my parents' happiness or, or the people that I love in general, their happiness, like anyone's. And I hate anything that would make anyone sad or or doubt themselves or question something. So it all stems from whatever we're passionate about. So I love your example too. It's so beautiful. 
Yeah. And, and the thing that I love that you said that hate is not the opposite of love. Like hate is triggered because it's something that you love. For me, I, I've found that the opposite of love is just apathy, complete yeah. apathy. And even in apathy, it you can be guided to what is it that you are not allowing yourself to love. Right. right. And it can always circle back. It can always find its way to love. So with when you were a child, did you have this vision that you would be this extraordinary coach that you would be unleashing people's hearts? Like, what did you dream of doing when you're about four or five, six years old? Yeah, that's a great question. The short answer is yes, but the, the real answer is no, right? My, like, I have this bigness in me. Like, there is something, like, I always feel called, like, bigger, higher, more. And it's, it's been very authentic. I've questioned that a lot. Like, is that my ego? Is that what what's there, you know, but anyways, from four and five, I always thought I'd be a teacher. That was the biggest thing that I knew that was the biggest impact, right? Like, so what I mean about it is I've been driven bigger, more has been impact. And so I only knew the heart that I have, the only role I've ever seen that in is teacher and mother. Right. And so I knew I wanted to be a teacher and a basketball coach. And so I did that. I got my degree in physical education and health. And I did that. And I did that for three years before one, I was incredibly just distraught by the general education system. And that's a whole nother podcast. So we'll, it's a whole other we'll conversation right for another day. <laughs> oh, yes. But what I knew was my heart was bigger than the four walls that I was in. And I I wanted to impact more and, and, and adults too. And just, I just like, it's this insatiable drive. And so then I decided, I thought, cause I went from gym, educating gym and health to wanting to own a gym. I thought if I own a gym, I could run adult education classes. I could have fitness classes. We could, you know, like I just, it was expansive in, in the only way that I knew then. And so I actually ended up managing uh, gyms. I managed corporate gyms for a little while. And that's when I was introduced to coaching. Someone that I had hired part-time said, I definitely think you should check this out because it's what's already coming out of your mouth. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I go to observe a coach training program. And within two hours, I signed up for a $15,000 year-long program because I was like, I had reached the promise line. Like this was the conversation that I had never heard before. And so I was like, yes to that. And and so there's really been no looking back from there. I've all like, and I did, um, I sold Arbon for a time and, and MLM direct sales and all of that. And I, I love that. I, I loved it because I, you had the potential to grow as big as you wanted. Right. But I remember my first like global training conference and I was sitting in the MGM grand in Vegas as this like newbie. And I'm staring at these women who are at the top of the company speaking on stage. And I'm like, I belong on stage. Like, I just, I know I want to talk to thousands and impact thousands. And again, I, throughout my coaching career, like what's New York times bestseller about what's being on stage about? Like I always would check in, is that my ego? Do I need that to validate myself? But it's just not that it's like impact, impact hearts unleashed more always like, and I believe, I believe that, you know, and it's kind of Pollyanna, but I believe that if everyone were living their heart unleashed, like we wouldn't have to fight anything or 
we wouldn't have to smother or stop war, like that wouldn't be where we go, right? We wouldn't, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be corrupted because if like, cause from that genuine place, we wouldn't be competing. So I could go on about it. <laughs> we wouldn't be competing. Oh, I, I love that. I, and you and I can be in Pollyanna land all day, all day long because that, that's exactly what I believe that I believe when more good hearted, mission minded, conscious leaders are making more money, yes. that is when we can really have an impact because currently that's what that's our currency is, is money. That may change, but be being able to have that impact. Like for me, my example, because I grew up in Hollywood. I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to be an actor and a screenwriter and working in Hollywood, but that was because I thought it would give me the impact and the income to be able to do yes. the, the greater, bigger things. Yes. So this is why, I, does everyone see why I wanted to have Abigail on? Because this is like soul sister, because <laughs> just the way, the way you think and the way that, that you are so mission driven for more and and i love that you you check yourself as well and are these big goals are these big dreams an ego-driven thing or are they really soul-led and so what does the difference feel like in your body the difference between an ego-driven mm. choice or an ego-driven thing and then an e and then a soul-led like yeah new york times bestseller i feel that in my bones yeah yeah well i would say that I feel it in my bones, right? Like I know, okay. So 2019 is when I did shift what you're talking about. So, uh, force versus flow. Mm -hmm. And again, masculine versus feminine for me, right? We all have our own equation to this, but I knew that if I got rigid, if, uh, and, and I, that might be a physical feeling that might be an energetic feeling, but the contraction, the tension, if there was a measurement, uh, a deadline, and I have lots of deadlines in my business, but there's a difference between like, gotta have it and I'll get there when I get there, right? Like I have that goal. I have that desire. I have that income, whatever set, and I'll get there when and how I get there. But the difference, like when it's my ego, it has to be. And if it's not, I'm upset. There's upset in that forcefulness but there's a detachment and acceptance and inspiration inside of commitment, value, flow, impact, right? Because we're not getting anywhere. It sure is nice to hit goals. That's great, but we're really not getting anywhere. And when we're rushing to get somewhere, be where we are mm -hmm. and the impact is lost. And I think that that's so important because we've got so much chatter about where we're getting that we're not ever where we are and that we miss out on a lot. And so it seems to me that presence has a lot to, to play in that. So what is presence when you're in flow? Like, is it just, cause I, yeah. I get this question a lot of like, how do I be present and have the paradox of going for those goals? Like how do I operate in this paradox? Yeah. yeah. There's a, I'll offer an exercise because I know we love, I know we love like how, how do we do it? Right. Yeah. And, um, I started to train myself. So there's something I want to say first, which is important over urgent. So necessary. <laughs> yes. 
we make up that things are urgent, right? And so we steal our presence because of that. And so what I started doing was setting my timer, whether that be for a meditation, for a work session, not obviously on my phone calls, but when I was forcing and I was in the masculine, I would often have performance anxiety because I was performing. I was working really hard. I was trying really hard. And when I let go of the performance and I was just, I traded presence for performance, right? I would set my alarm and I would tell myself, there is nothing else for me to do. There is nowhere else for me to be before that timer goes off. And so I would let go. I would practice literally letting go. I'd relax. I'd like, like first let go. And then I'd be where I am. Like I, and, and this is a good example, right? Like our call lasts for this many more minutes. And I have, it does not matter who needs me in this time frame. It doesn't matter. Let's, and let's even say if there's a death, like there, like that is the order of the circle of life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's even go to the most extreme, unless there is a fire around me at this exact moment and I need to relocate, right. It can be dealt with in 30 more minutes or tomorrow. Right. So we have to come to terms with that to be able to be where we are. And so I will look at that next and it might fall on a list of priorities, but I go with important over urgent because who says what's urgent? Everyone has a different relationship Mm -hmm. to what's urgent. So you have to decide that from within what's important. And I will make that what's important to me. I will put that to the top of my priority list. And then you're running your own life and you have the gift. So powerful. Oh, yes. I mean, the first personal development book that I ever read was when I was 17 years old, my acting teacher gave me the seven habits of highly effective people in among the other 50 books that he said, these books are on the reading list. And like a straight A student, I said, well, I'm going to read all of them, of course. And so I got that one. And I'm looking through this and I'm like, this has nothing to do with Hollywood or acting or any of that. But I read that part of important versus urgent because I was the type that I fought what was fighting fires every day. Everything was reactionary. Everything was reacting rather than responding, rather than being present, rather than my time managed me. I didn't get to didn't get to live in my time. And that shift alone from really deciding what is important. And the more I've worked with clients over the past four years, like I have found that urgency, it doesn't matter whether you are running a five figure, six figure, seven figure, eight figure business. It is the urgency is a perception. And so I love the fact that you said that we make up urgency because that is just think. How many ways are we making up urgency on a regular basis, on a daily basis? What did we wake up to and say was urgent this morning that may not have been? So I love that you have that differentiation, especially with presence versus performance um, and really allowing yourself to be fully present in this moment and in what is, in whatever it is, in the adventure of the moment. 
So what's next for you? What do you, what is on the horizon that you're flowing toward and are excited yeah. for in this yeah. next decade? Well, definitely New York Times bestseller. <laughs> yes. yes. And uh, yeah, right. That will be, I, I look forward to that uh, in the next decade. I love that you stretched that out that way. You know, we've been developing, we, my, I have a team, so we've been developing Hearts Unleashed and, and I really see the, the thing that like that far out, I'm so excited to have Hearts Unleashed headquarters, which would be, you know, in Southern California, but, um, you know, having this space where not only is it the headquarters for our team, but it's a place where we can host retreats and different events and conferences and things of that nature, because one, everybody loves a reason to come to Southern California. And two, like to me, being next to the ocean is so important, so valuable. The sunsets, the, the earth, just being in that, that pocket of nature, let's say that's mm-hmm. for me. I know not everybody loves that environment, but it does. I sure do. And, and the palm trees, the palm trees are my spirit tree. So <laughs> um, I'm sidetracking a little bit, but you know, more books, more offerings, more courses, like all of that fun stuff, but always just impact, right? Like spreading that. And, and the last thing I'll say about that, because what I look forward to and what I like to say is this one heart can't unleash every heart. It doesn't matter how big, how loud, how much effort put in, I will not impact every single person, right? And I will not resonate with every single person. So I'm very committed to the ripple effect of unleashing the hearts of others as to unleash the hearts of others. So I really look forward to witnessing the way that that network naturally comes together. Oh my gosh. That is so what I have. I have said that so many times to clients of when they're like, well, you know, you're such a good coach. And what about another coach? That's why I love bringing other coaches onto the podcast. Cause you see, the perspective, there's just a bit of a difference that makes you for someone more than me for someone. And that's, that's what makes it right. That's what makes it so great. Like I had one client who was an older life coach and, and she was like, but you're such a great coach. And I said, yeah, but some, some guy in his sixties may look at young millennial whippersnapper me and not, not resonate because he doesn't see himself in me because, because of my age or because I'm a woman or whatever reason. And that's why it's so important to have that ripple effect and that impact and that, Oh, I love that that you dropped the impact word and, and the ripple (laughs) effect. So I would love to get into a little bit of rapid fire with you, but to wrap this up, Abigail, how does that sound? Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. Let's do it. So who is your favorite female character in a book? And why? Yeah, uh, Hermione <laughs> uh, from Harry Potter. That was the first one that came to me. So I'll go with that answer. It's like her little badassery, her, you know, the smarts, the brains, the beauty, the the heart, right? And her passion. And I love that. Great question. So what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Like be in their body, live their life, experience how they see the world. The first answer... <laughs> Uh, Jen Sincero, you, the author of You Are a Badass, but it's kind of funny because I am following so closely in her footsteps. So it's like, what, that's not much of a trade, but like, <laughs> I also, she is just a little bit further ahead of me and like, uh, yeah, I'd love a, I'd love a little uh, zoom into the future. 
I love that because sometimes really seeing those lot. next few steps, I, yeah, she's badass. I mean, it's in her books. So if you were to have your success at yeah. twice the speed, what would you have done differently from the beginning? That is a great question. I was asked that question in a, in a one-on-one, in a discovery call, once someone's growing their business and they're like, what would you have done differently? And the truth about that is I think I've gone as fast as I can. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I've always there, I believe in initiations, entrepreneurial initiations. I believe we must grow through certain things that are, you can't shortcut them. You can't accelerate them but I have remained with a coach for my five years. So I've had, I have had coaches. I have been through programs. Like I've done what I know to do. And like the only thing that I think would have accelerated that is to take like the, like pay for stuff, like to just straight up pay for maybe advertising or pay for followers or pay to get onto a show somewhere, which is just something I haven't been committed to doing. Like I, I want the organic growth. So I could tell you how I could have got it twice as fast, but I definitely from like bootstrapping it, I've gone as fast as I can. <laughs> I love and I love that. That goes back to your alignment and integrity with with totally. also the organic growth of just unleashing people's hearts organically. Yeah. So what would you define to be your kingdom? Ooh, well, I'd answer queendom, right? Or queendom, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is love. I got it going on. (laughs) Like, and I can say that with power and confidence now. And, and that's, I wrote alchemizing judgment. The book is about the source of all that is, is love. And I feel very well-versed in that conversation. And what I realized was, because I was very confused about this a few years back. I was like, I know love. Like, I don't, I don't understand why this is so hard for me, the business growth. I was like, I don't understand why this seems so difficult. And it wasn't about love or skill. It was about patience. Mm. So I gave you the answer of the opposite too, is like my realm for growth is patience, but my queendom is love. Like all are welcome. There's always room and welcome to my realm. Like, come on in. Yeah. For me, I translate patience as trust. Trusting in, mm-hmm. in the timing of things, yes. trusting that I'm doing the work, working from that mm-hmm. divine inspiration and that that is yep. enough as it is and yes. being patient yes. with trusting that the result is going to be happening, period. End of story. Yes. Like New York Times bestseller stat. Like it's just, it is. I love that. I had to heal yeah. my relationship with God, with love, mm. with the divine to practice trust because uh, in my earthly experience, I felt denied or, or things were taken from me. So I, I started to feel guarded. So I didn't have trust either. Therefore, I definitely didn't have patience. So I appreciate you sharing that perspective because I had to heal that I am cared for, loved and provided for to then proceed. Amen. Oh, those are the three that I worked on healing very much as well in order to cultivate that trust and to be able to practice that patience though patience is like yoga and it is a practice yes so lastly how do you crown yourself I love myself I care for myself I meet my needs 
And a lot of people think that, you know, asking to have your needs met by others is, isn't getting your needs met. Or you're like, I don't want to have to ask for flowers, right? But meeting your own needs and doing that, it, I crown myself every day by not relying on someone and then allowing love. I allow to be loved, but I don't, I do not get it. It is not, others are not the source. And so, you know, to rely, to like, to connect to my source, God, to connect to universe, whatever that higher power is for somebody, but also to just tune into the self every day. And that's such a beautiful um, thing that you just said about the difference between getting love and allowing for love and taking versus receiving. And it just shows that beautiful divine feminine that you have have found and cultivated. So Abigail, how do we get in touch with you? How do we work with you? How do we listen to your podcast? Plug yourself. Yes, please. Um, my favorite place on the internet to hang out is on Instagram. And my name is Instagale. And so I love, love hanging out there. love being in my stories. And, and that's a very one-on-one person or a very personal connection because I'm sh- showing you the back door or the day in the life. I'm also on Facebook. I have a Facebook community called Growing Gratitude. And it's, I like to call it the safest place on the internet where people can just come and share what, what they're fascinated by, what they're grateful for. And then I would love to invite everybody to abigailgazda.com. That's my website. I have a lot of freebies available and you can find the podcast Hearts Unleashed from the website, um, but it's also on Spotify, the Hearts Unleashed podcast and iTunes and all that jam. So, but abigailgazda.com is a great place to start because if you find me there, you find me everywhere. Amazing, Abigail, and I encourage all of you to check out Abigail's resources. As you know, she has a plethora of information, of tools, of perspective shifts, and one small perspective shift can literally change the game. So I encourage you to check out abigailgeista.com. And as always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Till next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.